It is really good to be with you. Um, I'm Olin Griffin, and this is my wife, Sybil. And uh, we started off pastoring a church called Shady Grove Church back in 1974, not too far from here in, uh, in Grand Prairie. In fact, I was just looking around and was reminded a little bit about where, what, our, what our starting um, situation looked like. And uh, about this size. And uh, we would get together and worship in a little schoolhouse on Hard Rock Road. No, on Shady Grove Road. And um, guess what? It just kept on going and people started coming and people started being raised up and in leadership. And next thing you know, going to the nations and having a school and on and on and on. And uh, one of the men there was uh, Robert Morris, and he spent 17 years and um, started the work over in South Lake. And uh, it just keeps on growing. And, and I was standing there a moment ago, and I felt like God's going to do the same thing here. It's a, maybe a smaller start than you think, but let me tell you what. God's plan is not our plan. And I believe, I just feel deep in my heart that he's going to do something much more uh, mount, <laughs> enormous than what you even expect. Um, one of the men that was was there was, uh, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I've got my mind, I'll get back to that in a minute. I've got my mind right now on, on the word that God has spoken to my heart. Um, Sybil and I um, spent the last two days um, in Alito, you know where Alito, Texas is. Anyone know where that is? We spent two days in Alito, and uh, I preached three times. And uh, we left the house dirty because we knew that we had a clean man that was coming, going to clean it up. Everything was working just fine. So we got back uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, our television wasn't working. Just it was working well when when we left. And uh, I did everything I know, knew to do. Look behind the screens, and I, I'm not a I'm not a tech guy at all, none whatsoever. And um, I said, "Honey, uh, wasn't this working whenever we left?" Yeah. Well, I knew that my son had been over there, and uh, and was helping with the guy cleaning the, the our house, our apartment. And so I called him. I said. Uh, did you uh, watch TV while you were here? And he said, yeah, I did. It, it was working just fine. Turned it off just like you turn off TV. So I called a guy that was in our apartment complex uh, who was, is a tech guy, and I told him what had happened. And um, he said, well, right now I'm with a group of people, and it'll be a while. We waited three hours for this guy to come. He walked in and looked around, and he said, oh, there's the problem. And one of the plugs had uh, somehow had gotten pulled out. It, there, there was an, another thing that would cause the screen to light up, but that was the plug that caused, us, it, caused it to work, and it just fell out of the plug somehow. So don't, we don't know how. And that was it. And I said, hey, thank, thank you very much. And it was like we, we accessed something that we, I didn't know how to do it. I just didn't know how to do it. 
And so that's the reason that, I'm wanting, that I wanted to call this sermon, I wanted to title it Access, because we're looking to access something. We're, we're looking to find a way for God to move through us and to access everything that He is, because His desire is to live through us. And so we have to access that in some way, make some connection where that begins to flow through us to other people. And so that was the whole idea of this. And so in Galatians 5, 22 um, and 23, if, well, it'll probably be on the screen, but it has to do with the fruit of the Spirit. It's amazing to me how often we misinterpret this or, or look at it differently. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I can't even suffer short, can you? I, I, I just, long-suffering, long oh man, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And, and I, want to, I want to talk about the realization of this, first of all, that that something is real here, but you notice the wording, the fruit of the Spirit. I grew up in a Baptist church. My dad was a Baptist pastor. We worked at being joyful. We worked at being faithful. We worked at being good. We labored at doing all of these things, thinking that we had to be that way. I felt washed out in my teenage years. I thought, I'm, I can't be good enough to be a Christian. I failed, I tried, I failed, I tried, I failed. I had a bad temper. Um, I would still have one if God hadn't worked a miracle in my life. I can flash off really quick. Any of you have flash tempers? Am I the only one in here? No, I mean, I mean flash temper. It can go just like that. And, and so... Um, <laughs> One morning, I, I'm, I'm trying to get this, this thing about the realization is that we can't do it. The realization is that something, there's got to be an understanding and a transformation in us in the way we think and a desire to access the one who has all of this. And that's the Holy Spirit. We want to access that. We want to put the plug in. And let that begin to flow through, through us. And that's what God is wanting me to speak to you about. I, here a while back, I, I, let's look at this thing, kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I didn't have any self-control. Even just uh, a couple of years ago, in fact, I would say a year ago, there was this lady, I heard her talking about a particular religion and the religion in my eyes is very deadly and she was teaching a group of people in our in our uh, apartment complex and I walked up and heard what she was saying and I said when she stopped a moment I said and I was on the outside there's a lot of women sitting around there and I said do you really mean that what you said Oh, yes, and, or she had all total control. I said, that's murder. Those people are killing people. And she began to defend herself, and I just came loose. I mean, it was like, I walked away so embarrassed. 
I'm, what a good Christian I am. You know, this, this wasn't long ago. I'm still learning how to, to let God move through me. And, um, but I've had a real neat thing to happen recently, too. Since then, this helped a whole lot. And that I pulled out from our laundry, four lane divided. And uh, I'd left some clothing there. And whenever you pull out, I want to go left on the far side, two lanes over there, two lanes here going this way. I looked, and it goes up the hill. I looked, and nothing was coming. Nothing coming this way. I pull out, get in, in my inside lane, and all of a sudden, I hear this racket going on like that. And I think, God, what, what is going on? And I looked in rearview mirror, and this, all I could see was the bumper of this big white pickup truck. And it was running, running, and just I thought it was going to run over my car. And they pulled out like this and skidded around, and, and I, I thought he was going to push me off. He was angry. He flipped me off and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm looking at him, and he's cussing and, and carrying on. And would you believe that the very next light was a traffic light, and it went red? And we go, pull up there side by side, and he's still like going like this at me. I rolled my window down, and I said, God, help me. But this is what I'm talking about, to access something, to the realization I can't do it. I, I'm gaining. I'm learning. <laughs> and I, I rolled down my window, and he rolled down his window. And before he could say anything, I heard myself saying, because I tapped into something. I got it plugged in. And I said, hey, would you please forgive me? And he said, huh, what? I said, would you please forgive me? And he just kind of turned and he said, I've never had such a bad day in all of my life. Nothing is going right for me. And I said, I'll be praying for you, brother. <laughs> he rolled the window, and he took off when the light turned like that. But I felt like I had really tapped into it. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and God is wanting to say, we can't do it. We don't have the ability to do this. We can try all we want. And we end up having to give up and not knowing what to do. But how in the world do we really tap in to what it is that God is wanting to do with us? And I had to come to the realization and that, that, that I cannot do it. I was, when I was pastoring First Baptist Church in in uh, Jacksboro, Johnson City, Texas. First Baptist Church, Johnson City. And uh, there was a guy that had a peach orchard. Oh, did I learn a lot from this guy. Uh, he gave me an illustration. He said, I was walking in my peach orchard one day, and we were talking about this, you know, the, the life in us, his life in us. And he said, I heard this groaning going on. And he said, where, where? He looked around, didn't see anyone. And he goes, uh, 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 like, he said he walked, he walked toward the noise, and he ended up looking at a tree. And this tree was groaning. And he says to the tree, what are you doing? I'm trying to produce peaches. <laughs> have to try to produce peaches you are a peach tree he was giving me this as an illustration back then you you're a peach tree you will produce peaches you don't have to work at it that is your nature that is who you are 
And so God is trying to come to the place, for us to come to the place where we realize in our lives that it really is not us. And sometimes we're doing like that peach tree. That's not true. He was just telling me this as a, he was wanting to make a point. And uh, I think I'd preach something that, that he thought was a little legalistic, and he was, he was straightening, straightening me out. He was a great guy. He was a rancher, but a, but a deacon in, in the church as well. But anyway, coming to the realization of that is, is what I think that God is trying to speak to us about. It's the fruit that God wants to work in us and that we access that fruit. And, and, and so I'd say that the next thing that we need to do, we, that's what God spoke to my heart, is that we know, need to know our identity. One of the things we don't recognize is that, that, that our identity is in Christ. It's not in who our mothers and fathers said we were, not, not who our teachers said that we were or are. It is not what anyone says we are. It's what God's Word says who we are. And when we come to that identity, I, I used to identify, and I still use it a lot. I was a state trooper for 10 years and uh, before I got saved and called to the ministry. And um, uh, I was a trooper. That's all I talked about. And uh, I still hang on to it. It's something of the past. I, I wasn't a trooper. I was just doing a job. I was Olin Griffin. That's who it was. The sinner. The one that lost his head. The one that liked to fight. The one that would take on anything like that. I, I, I identified in that. That's me. Come on. Give me, a, give me a shot. God just began to work something in my life after I got saved. Born again. That you know, you're not, that trooper thing, that's gone. That's not your identity. Your identity is not just in being a husband. Your identity is not just in what you do at work. Our identity, and he was talking to me, your identity is in me. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it's not me that lives. But the life that is now in me is the life of Christ. And he lives it through me. That's all he wants to do. He wants to live it through me. I remember one time I was preaching in Belarus. Sybil was with me in a large church. Had balconies. And they were just full of people. Back in communist. When they were really communist. We, we took some Bibles in there. Some all of our suitcases were filled with Bibles and not with clothes. And so I was going to preach on this. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, that's what I was going to preach. And I stood up there. And they, he, they told me to begin with, they didn't have a, 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 a translator, an English translator. So they went to the university and got a translator, but all he knew was modern English. He didn't know anything about what forgiveness meant, or he didn't know any of those things about the Bible. We would use words that sinners that they didn't. He didn't understand it all. 
And so I started off this way, and I said, um, turn in your Bibles, please, to Galatians 2.20. And I expected him to translate, and he said, do what? I said, ask them to turn to the, in their Bibles to Galatians 2.20. What is Galatians? I said, it's a book that's in the Bible. And we got through that. Then I said, um, okay, re repeat after me. I am crucified with Christ. He looked at me. We've got these two or 3,000 people watching, and he's saying to me, you are? I said, repeat after me. I am crucified with Christ. I'm not. I, I'm not asking you. To, 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 I'm not speaking this to you. I'm saying, you tell them I am crucified with Christ in Russian or whatever you've got. And he said, and I don't know what he said. See, I don't know what he said. In his, Nevertheless, I live, yet not me. And he said, huh? Wait, you're crucified with Christ, and, and yet you live, but, but yet it's not you? I don't know. You know what I did? I finally said, please tell the people that we're from America, that we love them, and one of these days when Jesus comes back, we'll all be a family up there together speaking the same language. I don't know what he told them, but I turned around and sat down, and I, I said, and when Jesus comes back, we'll be in America, you'll be over here, and we can wave at each other as we go up. I, that's what I told them, and I don't know what he told them, but anyway, they clapped, and, and, I, and I sat down, and that was my sermon. That was it. But I, I came to the place when, it, when I realized that, that, it, that it really is. That's what it is. It is, it is Christ in me. And, and, and somehow, whenever that guy in the pickup pulled up beside me, I didn't respond with my old self. I didn't respond trying to keep the law, trying to be a Christian. It just came out. And that's, what's, that's what God is wanting to do. We access the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's gifts, not our gifts. And he'll do it through us. And we access that by identifying with Jesus Christ. He is in me. I'm living my life out with him being my life. I, that's, it's hard to understand. Um, I tell too many stories sometimes, but... Uh, I'm not a good golfer. Any of you golf? Any of you? Huh? Uh, oh, can I? <laughs> I'm not good at all. I'm I'm worse than that. I'm a, like that, up and down. Um, anyway, this story's my imagination. I uh, walked into the. I was a little late, and I went, went into the locker room, changing clothes. I opened my locker. And um, um, this Tiger Woods guy was in my locker like this. I opened it, and I said, what are you doing here? He said, shh, don't tell anybody. Um, I've got a deal for you. I know they're always joking with you, kidding you about your golfing. I'm giving you the opportunity. Unzip and let me climb into you. <laughs> Unzip, climbs in one leg, arm like this, zip up. He said, okay, now, let's go play golf. So it looks like me. I, I get out there. 
And they said, oh, man, here comes the duffer. You know, I said I was late. Here comes the duffer. Let him go first. I laid back. I want you to know I've never swung like that before in my life. I looked at it. I looked over there, and I, my stance was different, and my grip was different and everything else, but I didn't say a word about it. Man, that swing was something else, and that ball just, whew, just disappeared and landed and rolled up on the green. And these guys looked at that and thought it was an accident. That kept happening. They said, Olin, what has happened to you? That's something going on. Oh, you know, it's just my golfing. No, listen, that's what I'm saying. It's that Jesus wants to come inside of us and do our life through us, do his life through us. And that's the identity. Once we get that down, we will begin to see the, get the, the, these, these uh, attributes flowing through us, the fruit flowing through us. And that's what he desires to do. So we, we have access to the Holy Spirit, and we just plug it in, our, our identity. So my last point is, let me get it, turn this over get to it my last point is that not only do we have to realize that we can't do it not only do we have to realize that we, our identity is in him and he is in us and he's living his life through us but the third point is that we have to listen the key is listening to what the holy spirit is saying in us you know john said that in and i believe it's in john 10 jesus was a uh he said, my sheep hear my voice, and they know my voice. Now, many of you know, and I'm not, please understand, I'm not criticizing in any way. But when the Baptist Association in Dallas found out that I, had the, I was a Baptist pastor and a graduate from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and they found out that, that um, I believed in tongues and, and those, those things that I don't promote, um, I mean, I do promote it, but I'm not, I'm not flashy with it. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. So they, they called me in to talk to me about it, seven guys. And uh, they were, you know what their question was? I was prepared to answer about tongues and prophecy and all of this. I was prepared. I was loaded. And they said, do you believe in hearing God? And what? They spent two hours grilling me on hearing the voice of the Lord. I said, I do not understand that. Now, I look back at it now. There's no prophecy. There's no tongues or no, nothing else. If, if you know, you've got to hear God. The bottom line is we're hearing the Lord. So I told him, I said, well, my dad is a Baptist pastor, and all my life I've heard him talking about praying. He wanted God's will, and God would speak to him about this and speak to him about that, and going on like that. And I said, I, I don't understand it. Jesus talked about hearing his voice. There is, no, there is no doubt about it. God, the Holy Spirit, will speak to us on the inside, and we need to develop listening ears, ears that can hear the Holy Spirit of God. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And whenever he's talking about the, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's not logos, that is rhema. That means the rhema word of God is speaking to us. And the rhema word, this is a good definition of it, by the way, and it's not mine. I picked it up from somewhere. But the definition was when, when, a, when a word speaks into your heart and it sort of awakens your heart, Maybe your heart was sort of just sleeping, and all of a sudden, your heart is awakened to that word. How many of you have been reading the Bible, and you get to one spot, and it jumps off the page at you? How many of you have gotten that? That's a rhema word. That's the rhema word. I know some people in the faith movement do not believe that. They say we just speak it, and it's, and it's rhema. But no, God, the Holy Spirit, speaks a word inside of us. We know that that's a word from God, a calling from God for our lives, for to, to be a, a minister, to be a worship leader, to be a missionary, to be a, a mother, to be a husband, to, to do this work and to do that work. God speaks to us, and we, we have to develop ears that will listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So when we, do, when we do that, then we begin to can move in access to the Holy Spirit and access to those gifts, and they will begin to flow through us because we're beginning to hear from Him. That's the rhema word that breaks the silence of our heart. And the light, and, the, and like the times when we're reading the Bible, and it just comes alive. Another story I like. I was in Grand Prairie. There used to be a hospital. It's not there now. On... on um, um, what is that major road going up? Beltline, on Beltline Road. Just before you get into Main Street, over on the left was a hospital. It's not there now, but it was a hospital. I was pastoring Shady Grove. I hadn't been pastoring it long. Someone was in the hospital. Um, I went to visit them. It was a busy afternoon, and I went to visit with them and, and uh, got through and was walking down the hall. I was headed toward the, the south, it made a horseshoe, and the door, the entrance was around on the other side. As I was walking out to go to a meeting I had scheduled, um, something happened. And there was a, I looked at that door as I went by, and it was like I, I, I was glued to it. I, I, but I, I got, I don't have time. I just don't have time. I just kept walking. And it was like a rubber band was attached to that door. And the farther I'd walk, the harder it was, it was to go. And I got all the way up to the horseshoe area, area and was turning like this. And I thought, man, this, I've got to go back. I don't want this rubber band to snap and hit me. It's, I'm, I'm going to go back and find out what it is that God is wanting to, me to do in the room. This is what I'm talking about, people. And, and I went back to the room, knocked on the door. A male voice said, come in. I opened the door. The man was standing beside the bed. The woman was in the bed. And she was, had been crying. And in fact, her face was still wet with tears. And he said, um, who are you? And I said, uh, a man of God. And I never said that. Hardly ever. I believe that. But to say to someone, man of God, I'm a man of God. Why didn't I say I'm a pastor or something? I, it came out. I was listening. I was hearing. It came out, man of God. Well, why are you here? 
God told me to come in this room. It was like, huh? You know what? He had just, she had been in the hospital for over five days. While she was there, he had decided to leave her. He had packed up everything. They had three children, had packed up everything, and she was about to get out of the hospital, and he was telling her right then, I'm gone. I led both of them, the Holy Spirit did, both of them to Jesus. Right there, weeping, repenting. Spent about 20 minutes in that room. I didn't care anymore about the appointment I had. This was the calling of God. God spoke to my heart. And these people's lives were changed. Man, I gave them the address of our church. You said, you need to come home, get baptized. And I watched and watched and watched. I went for three or four weeks. I don't remember which. Three or four weeks. And so I contacted them. I had their phone number. I said, look, I haven't seen you at church. And I prayed with you in the hospital. And you got your marriage back together and everything, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, they had. It was really great. said, look, we went to this Baptist church up the street up there and joined and got baptized. And I said, oh, oh, yeah, well, okay. Hey, great. And, you know, tremendous. I wanted them to come to Shady Grove. But, hey, you know what? They joined a great church. They got water baptized. And the last I heard from them, they were still going strong. Raising their children had a good Oh, do you, you follow what I'm saying? It's a one little simple rubber band thing that attached to the back of me. And the farther I got, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I went back, and that's what God had. See, when you hear the voice of God, when you hear his voice like that, move in that way. And we will find miracle after miracle after miracle that is happening in our lives. It's the rhema word. John 5, 39 says this, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Now listen to what I'm saying. You're going through the scriptures. People think just because they search the scriptures. No, no, they testify of him, but they're not applicable. They're not making them applicable to their lives. But it's testifying of Jesus. And they're studying the word and they think it's right. They work it out every morning. I'm going to make it today. I'm going to get my Bible reading done and, and all of that. Listen, it's, it, 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 it's got to apply. He said you can get the scriptures because you think in them is eternal life. But these are they that testify of me, but you're not willing to come to me. And coming to him in a personal relationship, listening to his voice and responding to that. There's a song before y'all start with the key. Let, let me, you know, you've heard this song. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You, you got that? Sing it with me, but we're going to put it in here. Hear and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to hear and obey.